Hello and welcome to the Wedding Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Pete the Celebrant, and we are proudly sponsored by Easy Weddings. Easy Weddings helps thousands of couples nail their big day every year. With their award-winning directory and mobile apps, you can find and book top-rated wedding suppliers. You can stay on track with their planning tools or for a more hands-off approach. You can work with a wedding planner to save you time and money. And the best thing, it's free. So jump onto easyweddings.com.au to start your stress-free journey up the aisle today. Joining us for the episode is Aaron Camilleri from That DJ Entertainment. We hear how he became a DJ, his personalized process with couples, and all his advice on planning your wedding filled with great tunes. Allow me to introduce you to the very energetic Aaron Camilleri. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and thank you for joining us as well. Aaron Camilleri, how are you doing? Awesome, Pete. Thank you so much for having me on the pod- podcast. It's been uh, a few months that we've tried to organize this. We finally got around to it, so I'm, I'm very happy to be on the podcast with you. Yeah, and I'm so excited you're here, and you're the perfect guy to talk to us regarding getting that thank wedding you. DJ. Uh, I think we met probably at least two years ago, I think we first met. Yeah, it was two years back. Uh, I think it was a, a network event and um, yeah. I fell in love with your business. I, the name <laughs> is the first thing that got me. <laughs> it just, it's self-explanatory. Self, self I love it. Pete the Celebrant, awesome. And just your energy. I saw a couple of your videos. I loved your energy. And I think that's what it's all about, In especially in our industry, you know, working with like-minded people. And of course, if we if we share similar interests, similar energy, um, a lot of our couples, you know, love what we see when we do, um, you know, refer people on. So I love that a part about you, and um, it's been great knowing in the past couple of years, and I look forward to many more weddings and and events with you. Hundred percent, and I oh, I consider it a little bit of an honor if you feel like we're on the same energy because uh, I feel like when coffee wakes up, it has a drink of Aaron because you are. I feel like naturally you just bounce. You've got yeah, to- yeah. Like um, energy fuels me. Like that is my number one gift. Energy totally fuels every second of my life. Um, whether it's good, not so good, energy is there. Um, and and I guess that's that's what I love bringing to the table when I DJ. It's all about energy for me, creating a vibe, making sure people at the event at the wedding are like, wow, like this is electric. And um, that's what I'm all about. Just yeah. making sure that that those vibrations are there at the event. Awesome. Well, why don't we jump in and tell us what's your story with becoming a DJ? How did this begin for you? Yeah, well, it's interesting. So I actually started off as a drummer. So I started music when I was six years old. Okay. Wow. And um, I remember playing piano for the first time and I hated it. <laughs> I was looking at the piano and I was playing Mary Had a Little Lamb and I'm like, this is ridiculous so like as as a six-year-old i was like i cannot do this mom get me a drum set so at first she was very apprehensive she wouldn't get me the drum set so i got the pots and pans and i was started banging away i think i saw it on a movie or something and then that really just irritated us like you know we have to get him a drum set because he's breaking my pots and pans 
they got me a drum set and I was addicted from the get-go. So at like seven years old, had my drum set. I had a logbook, you know, making sure my rudiments, I'm practicing every day and, and really getting better and better at seven years old. Now, I've always had that mentality. If I want to do something, I do it well. I just count in and I'd be the best person I can be for that. So the best drummer I can be. Now, why I'm telling you this is I fell in love with beats. I fell in love with rhythms. I fell in love with different styles of music. Mm. Um, I was researching different drummers around the world. I was just opening my eyes at seven years old to drums. Now that led to me end up getting into a jazz band. So I was in a jazz band at the College of the Arts, VCA, wow. for about five years. Um, then when I hit 12 years old, so I'm still pretty young, <laughs> I, um, my, my, my brother-in-law was a DJ and... I saw him, you know, pressing play on those Denon, old school Denon CD players back in the day. And I remember the tracks he was playing. He was playing, um, um, you know, Ring My Bell, Funky Town, um, you know, uh, Saturday Night Fever, those kind of tracks. Now, I heard him in the house, but I never heard him mixed into each other. Mm. So when he was mixing them, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like, I want to learn how to do this. Yeah. So he literally two tracks it was funky town ring my bell um and i started mixing them now i was in his garage at 12 years old with those two tracks for about three hours so imagine my sister like why is my brother playing the same two songs for three hours like it was crazy and even he'd be like man you can relax now it's all right like, no 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 i want to get it right i want to get it right so it's three hours just these two tracks every day i came over I'll do those two tracks. He would give me some extra tracks. And that's how I learned how to start DJing. Wow. So 12 yeah, years so old. 12 years old. Yeah. And what's the process been from there? So the process from there was literally just practicing and then annoying the shit out of my brother-in-law. I'm like, <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I'm, I'm one to ask questions. I'm one to really just, you know, hound in on something. So I was like, when's your next gig? And because I was so young, he's like, look, I can't really take you to a gig. I'm like, no, no, that's fine. I'm like, I'll just help you carry stuff. I'm not going to be out there. I'm going to be behind you while you're DJing. They're not even going to know. I'll wear a suit. You know what I mean? So this is me as a 12-year-old persuading him, you got to take me along. So, <laughs> And that's what I did. I got my mom to buy me a suit. I said, look, I just need to go do these weddings. I need to do events with Andrew. And uh, we ended up, I ended up going with him. And then when he was emceeing, I ended up playing the song. So. That's my, my first time DJing was at a wedding and I was playing the intro songs while he was emceeing and he goes, you're pretty good at it. And I'm like, thanks, you know, can I do a set next time? He goes, yeah, yeah. So we pre-chose the songs and I did a set. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it was just really, it was really just putting myself out there. I, I think, if, and, and that's why, and that's what I love about, I guess, um, this whole kind of journey that I've been on because it, it's relevant to everyone in life. Like if you really want something, you need to put yourself out there. You just mm. need to just, just own it, own it. I want to do this. It's going to happen. And I did, I owned it. I said, I'm going to do this. And I think within the first year, um, I, I got my first gig by myself from him. So he said, Hey, there's a 40th. I need you to go do it. And my dad drops me off at 12 years old and I'm doing a 40th. <laughs> You're actually doing a DJ set for someone at 12 years old. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then, so tell us about that DJ. So this is your business. 100%. So, so what happened was 
I, th- I think as, as we all grow up, we all have mates that are DJ, they, they DJ at the clubs or whatever. We all, we all know a few DJs, you know, and especially I'm growing up the West of Melbourne, plenty of, plenty of guys, girls DJed, you know, around my area. So it was something that I started at 12. Most people, my mates started at 16, 17. So I already DJed a bit and it became like, oh, let's have some fun, DJ. And it's more of a hobby, whereas mm. I always saw it as a career. I always saw DJing as, hey, I'm going to be doing this till like I'm 75, 80 with a walking stick, walking stick in the air. And everyone's going to hire me just the fact that they've got an 80-year-old DJ at the wedding. So <laughs> I always saw it like that. Like I am literally going to live and breathe this to the day I die. Um, so I think due to the fact being young and my mates didn't really take it as serious, I didn't take it as serious. I just kind of followed their mucking around. I didn't really have the business mentality. Like I wanted to do it. I wanted to make it happen, but I wasn't strict on myself. Let's do this. Yeah. When I, when I turned 19, 20, I was studying audio engineering and, um, I was going to go into, you know, live, live production, uh, live recording, but it just it really didn't fuel me. It didn't fuel me. It didn't give me that kick like DJing does in front of crowds and in front of amazing families, you know, um, across Australia. DJing has has taken me to Queensland, to, to Perth, to Northern Territory, uh, to Thailand, to, to Bali, the states of DJ too. Um, so it's taken me many places. So I'm like, you know what? I really want to do this. How am I going to buy a house from DJing? That, that was like a goal. Like, how do I buy yeah. a house from DJing? How do I do what people do in life from DJing? And I said, that's it. You're creating a company. Um, you're, you're, you're creating a brand. Um, you're going to build that brand. You're going to hit corporates where they have annual events. You're going you're gonna to hit bigger markets. And I think when I kicked myself into gear of you can make this happen and you will make this happen, um, you just need to follow these steps, A, B, C, D, um, and understanding what different clientele wants. That's when I really kicked it into gear. And um, I guess that is also what made my music um, even better because I really started asking questions of, you know, what do you want to hear at your events? Um, you know, what, what songs, for example, what songs in your family really just... Whenever the song is played, you've got your grandparents on the dance floor. Everyone's just going crazy. I really made people think because a lot of people don't think um, have that those thoughts. A lot of people don't say sit back and say, you know what? What songs really, really got my family going when I was young? Mm. Like when you have a deep thought about that, you can really, really create a playlist that is so memorable. Um, everyone is talking about the wedding or the event for many years to come. Yeah. So I started taking those strategies and I think that is what really skyrocketed the business. Um, also with that mentality, I grew the business from 50 gigs in my first year to my third year of 500 gigs. Wow. So yeah, like it literally times 10 within three years. That's crazy. But yeah. Now I did add other elements into it. So I did add like photo booths, the emceeing. So I include bookings like that. So many add-ons were added into that, but it was literally 500, you know, services providing that year. Wow. Is yeah, this crazy? Is this, do you do this yourself? Do you have some, do you work with other DJs? Do you have employees with you as well? Yeah. So when we, when we really scaled and we got to 500, I did have 10 guys working for me. So 10 DJs. Um, it was purely just me. I had an admin too. I did have um, admin, just one admin, um, uh, yeah, like worker, just doing a lot of the admin for us. 
Um, and it was just me, just me doing all the marketing, the sales. Um, when I hit when I hit the 500, um, it was pretty full on. Like it was crazy, like crazy, crazy busy, like crazy. Yeah, like, you know, trying to um, have those conversations about different events, music, making sure all my DJs are on track. Um, also that they bring in the same energy too, same energy and enthusiasm as me. Because um, as you know, Pete too, you know, when someone's talking to yourself and they, they love your energy and if you do send someone else, you need to ensure that you're, you're, you're doing the right thing by that, you know, and it's consistency. Yeah. But after that year, I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing 500 gigs again. Not for me. Um, I'm not one to want to really scale businesses. Yes, maybe scale and sell or something, but I couldn't sell that DJ entertainment. It's my baby. So I'm like, you know what? What can we do? I still want to DJ. I just don't want to scale it to like 500 plus weddings or, you know, events. So I said, you know what? It's about a, a, a smaller amount, but just truly enhancing the experience. How can we enhance the feeling? How can we enhance the pre-wedding uh, production with our couples? Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, what are the questions we can ask? Um, how do we ensure that we're making sure that night is exactly the way they want it and more? Um, you know, adding little things like saxophone while I DJ. You know, and having set lists and proper sets we do with the saxophone and percussionist, like that whole DJ band um, uh, synchronization. Um, these are the things I thought of to to lower the gig amount, but to at least have you know have quality gigs because it was still quality at 500 but it was just more enhancing it making it better and better yeah so you've got you've still got a few employees no yes right now it's like two three after that two or three djs two three djs me yeah and no admin just myself cool so tell us what is the process with couples so this is an interesting one because um Everyone has totally different processes, you know, DJs with couples. My process is all about understanding who's going to be at the wedding. So understanding who's going to be at the wedding, um, the demographics, um, what the couple actually want for the wedding, and and to marry that up with who's going to be at the wedding. And I'll give you an example, Pete. I've had times where couples are like, we don't like commercial music. We don't like disco. We don't like this. We don't like this. We don't like this. We don't like this. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is it's going to be interesting. <laughs> We've got 200 guests at this wedding. Whew. Okay. So, you know, with, with, with the right energy and the right way of explaining it to the couple, like, look, I totally understand. Sometimes we hear these songs and they're cheesy, you know, like we're over it. Sometimes we want to chuck on Triple J, Unearthed and all this stuff. But realistically, you know, um, you know, Mr. and um, soon to be Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Peterson, whatever. <laughs> um, you can have 200 people at your wedding. You know, do you really, if you're spending all this money and you're telling me that you want people to have a great time, dance, the vibe there, are you sure that you want to eliminate the chance of them having fun by just playing what, what you want, like the unearth, which I'm telling you, I love that music too. But for a party environment, it doesn't really sit well at times. Um, and I think that's where you can have that educated conversation with couples. Um, when I was younger, I still would have said it, but maybe not as educated that conversation and welcoming. Um, and it would have been maybe irritating for the couples. And a lot of DJs avoid it too. A lot of DJs avoid that. A lot of DJs say, just give me a list and, you know, I'll play it. And I think um, when you can actually have a conscious conversation with a couple and let them know, hey, good track, amazing. Um, I could play one or two of these, but... 
I think it's getting to a point where if you're telling me you have, you know, uh, 65-year-olds at your wedding, um, they used to listen to the, the Beatles, BGs, you know, like how, how are we going to make sure they're having engaged, they're having a good time? Mm. Now, a couple mates tell me, I don't, I don't really mind dancing. I don't want people to dance. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Like some weddings, there's no dancing. That's fine. Like if, if you feel your family aren't dancers, that's cool. If you've hired a DJ, I guess, to set the mood, to play the music you like, amazing. But Mr. and Mrs. Peterson, let's just say your uncle comes up to me and he's super excited to hear this one song, yeah? And I just, the smile on his face, like, I know you've told me not to play this song, but, like, I need to play it. Like, he is just drawing me in, like, he wants me to play this. Would you allow me to play that song? And to nine times out of tens, when I'm explaining it like that, they're like, yeah, yeah, you could play it. <laughs> yeah, cool. So I think yeah. it's... Yeah, I think what it is, the, the process with couples is truly understanding what they love, truly mm. understanding who's going to be at the wedding and how to marry those together. Because everyone has different styles of music. Everyone loves different things. Everyone hates different things. You know, I actually have a question on my music. What do you not want to hear at your wedding? What is like a total 110% no-go? Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. you know, I get, sometimes I get Bruno Mars. Sometimes I get Taylor Swift. Sometimes I get Barbie Girl, Macarena, Nutbush. Um, sometimes I get Michael Jackson, you know, no-goes. And, um, you know, I have weddings where literally only people only want to hear that stuff. So I think it's understanding the actual couple, what mm. they want, who's going to be there, marrying those together, and also ensuring that they know that things can be changed at any time. You know, and I always tell couples at any time, get the bridal party to come up to me. If you want a certain song now, just, just come up to me. Let me know. Send me a text, cheeky text. I want this song now and I'll make it happen. Cool. So I think it's the flexibility and the comfort, making sure that couples are comfortable, that, you know, that they can have choice or if they want to leave it up to me, which I have a lot of couples that do that. Aaron, I love your style. We've seen you before. We know you got this. Just do whatever you want. Yeah, just full 100% control. So it really sounds like you get, like obviously there's, there's a trust that is built with couples. Um, yeah. But the way that you build that is you're personalising this experience for them. And for some couples, they, they want you to uh, bring, you know, particular styles of music or a particular atmosphere. Yeah. You know, some, like you said, yeah. some don't expect or don't really want dancing to be a big part of their wedding, while for others, like that's a huge part of having the reception. And you're helping just guide them with what they want with their preferences, but you're helping guide them with their other family members and from your experience of what they will get out of it and what you would recommend, but then also asking for permission as well, because there are, People are going to come up and they're going to ask the DJ, play this song, please play a song. And then at the end of the night, how, and how do you deal with this? Because at the end of the night, so common, 11 o'clock, the venue have said everything needs to stop by 11. And then you've got one more song, one more song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do so you do there? I, I, I do the trick. I do the trick that rock bands do. They all do. You know, they, they do the last song 10 to 11. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, they've yeah, done, yeah, like, yeah. let's just say I'm at a wedding doing the, the bouquet, the garter, 
I have a finale song. This is the last song of the night. Guys, everybody on the dance floor, Mr. and Mrs. Peterson, they're about to leave. Let's enjoy it. Come on. So last song. It's a 10 to 11. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for having us. Wishing you guys nothing of the best. Keep rocking. Until next time, we'll see you on the dance floor. That's it. Then that will be the one more. Then the yeah. one more is done. Yeah. You know, done at 5 to, five to 11. So I always say last song and then have one more ready to go. So awesome. how I deal with if there's more than that, if they're like, one more, one more. And I'm like, guys, I did give you one more. Unfortunately, security are eyeing me off right now. And I really want to go home safe. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, cool. So yeah, cool. I think a bit of humor into it. As you know, a bit of humor into it. That's fine. But um, I'm, I'm very big on making sure the finale is like, poof, like I want energy. Like I don't want like a you know, a slow, like, look, if couples request it, so if couples have requested like a circle, um, that's, that's cool. But I make sure just before that circle of goodbyes is like explosive of energy. Yeah. So like, like that encore is just like, everyone's rocking. The song is so, um, you know, infectious people are singing. So it has to be a song for me. That finale song has to be an energetic song or a song that sing along, like a sing along. Sure. So some amazing sure. last songs that I play is um, Give Me Everything, um, Neo and Pitbull, um, you know, All Night Long by Lionel Richie, which is an amazing sing-along song, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, amazing Marvin Gaye song. Um, yes, yeah, there's plenty, plenty of music that, you know, even some, some newer stuff like Head and Heart, um, which is an amazing song too. So that's the greatest thing. I think what it is is, I actually sit down with a couple and say, hey, we would you agree, Mr. Mr. Peterson, you want this type of energy at the end that like, mm. you know, you want your guests to truly this last song just to give it everything. You want all the love spilled out on the dance floor. Is that what you want? Nine times out of 10 people say yes, if they want a dancing environment. They say, well, we need a song for that. We need an actual song for that. We need a song that has it written all over them. Your guests are going to be on the dance floor. And it's kind of like I'm coaching, you know what I mean? But that's that's the level of like commitment I have to yeah. make sure that everyone is just having a blast. Awesome. I think that last yeah. song is is huge because that's sort of that's so much anticipation. Everyone wants this final song. And you know, obviously yeah. you set your timing up right, you're gonna get home safe from security. And then that last song just boom, just the icing yeah, yeah. on the cake. Yeah, yeah cherry on top i don't know how you want to say it but yeah the funniest one but the funniest time when i know i'm gonna kind of get in trouble if the last song is bohemian rhapsody that's when i know <laughs> that i'm like sure i'm done like yeah. i'm like i'm done. <laughs> like that is gonna go over because there's no cutting that song short so <laughs> yeah yeah cool no that's that's true that's that's a no short song that one um <laughs> How do you, I guess, in terms of putting the list together, you've shared a, a few different thoughts and part of your process with that. Definitely seems like you personalize it. So do you send out a questionnaire? Is it a conversation? Is it a mix? Yeah, it's a mix of everything. So a mix of conversation, mix of the questionnaire, and the questionnaire is generic questions. Um, not, for example, give me a list. It's basically who's your favorite artist, uh, male artist, who's your favorite female artist? Um, what's your favorite song or songs of all time? You know, up to five. Uh, what's your favorite current song? 
Um, what are your favorite genres? And then they can circle like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, disco, house music, um, you know, R&B, uh, uh, top 40. Um, so I give them those questionnaire just to give an outline, a rough idea. Then I would give them an actual music list. And what the music list is not for them to pick is to them to see some of the most requested wedding songs. Sure. Now, what I mean by wedding songs is, is, for example, a first dance. If they're confused about a first dance, I'll actually give them a list of what first dances people have chosen in the past. Yeah. Um, that gives them a whole list. They can look the songs up and they can go through it. I also have that list on Spotify so I can send them that playlist and they can listen to it. Cool. And also party tunes. So what are some of the most requested party tunes uh, for weddings? Now, with, with anything, I, with music, because it's such a personal thing, I let couples know. And this is where also um, some DJs um, can maybe not be as, uh, I guess, transparent and, and, and like upfront. I let couples know, you may see these songs, you might not like these songs. Yeah, that, that's okay. It doesn't mean these are the only songs we play. This is just what has been requested and, and the, the favorites. Yeah? yeah. If it's something that it doesn't sit well with you, these songs, don't feel this is what we're playing. This is us to explore what you want. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I have that conscious conversation once again. So couples understand that, you know what, Aaron, that DJ entertainment, they're open. They're open to understanding what we really want. And this is how they're going to find out by asking questions, you know, yeah. by showing us what they've done in the past and, and actually understanding what we want as a couple. Mm. now from there if they have spotify or, or youtube music i just ask them you know once we've kind of worked out the styles they like is now i need you to do some real thinking and and the real thinking is you and and those that are going to be at your wedding your friends and family i need you guys to put together a list of 30 songs must play songs now what these must play songs are these are songs that you have to hear at your wedding. Like they mean something to, you know, uh, Mrs. Peterson, you and your, your girls. You grew up, you grew up with, with your girls. You had a song together. This was yeah. your jam. You were 18, you were cruising with your girls. Song like that. Um, your, your dad used to play this to you to bed when you were going to bed every night. You know what I mean? Like a song that really means a lot. Mm. And um, that way I can see this list. And when we have our last chat our pre pre-wedding um chat just before the wedding we can go through this list and i'll say hey so in in one sentence why this song yeah and then we could just quickly do this now it's not for everyone so if you if they don't want to do it they don't have to do that because like i said i have some no joke i have some weddings even i've had a wedding of like four four fifty five hundred people and the couple have said aaron you got this like don't worry like you got this you don't we don't need to fill out any forms all good like, okay, sorry. Like, so, you know, it's all there if a couple really wants to dig deep into it, but it doesn't have to be done. So I, I take that process of really making sure that the couples know that we play everything, but mm. to make it easier for them, I don't want them to go through hundreds and thousands of songs. These yeah. are lists that work well. Yeah. What do you think? Cool. Yeah. So you're definitely offering guidance on the list, but you're also requesting what are your must plays yeah, yeah yeah and i think it's because you're putting perspective you're really putting perspective and you're you're, you're actually um putting some meaning to that song yeah because if we look yeah. we look at a wedding yeah let's look at a wedding imagine you have a wedding with 200 people and nine times out of ten you're gonna have at least half the people that would want to dance or have fun not even dance have fun like be out there do something different 
and do something different might be just be on the dance floor with people. Yeah. It might not even be dancing. Nine times out of 10, you're going to get minimum 50% of people that wanting to do that. Mm. So imagine you had that wedding with no music. Imagine you had a reception with no music at all. Or maybe it's just background music from the speakers of the roof. Like imagine that. Like A, either people wouldn't know any different because that's how they feel that wedding should be. Um, or B, imagine halfway into that, you could just bring all this DJ and stuff and everything. And people are like, what? This wedding has turned into this? So I guess the element of why I want couples to choose songs that really mean a lot, because music plays a massive part to a wedding. Massive. Yeah. You know, choosing the right DJ that can actually have this pre-wedding planning done properly means a lot. Yeah. Because even that one question, what song means so much to you, you have to hear on the night. Just that one question can make a wedding 50 times better. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've played songs that are total off center, but I was guaranteed by the couple. This is our family song. This is incredible. And when I played it, it was just like, like, Next level, next level. So, and I mm. think that's where having that one question can really just enhance the experience that people have at a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's 100%. <laughs> I'm just reflecting on the fact that at any event, and I always think if you walk into even a shopping mall, you walk in just to, to a room of people, you can sort of sense like, what's missing here? And it's normally yeah. music. It's normally even yeah. just a something background playing. It's like this fit. Why does this feel stale or dead? It's because there's nothing filling the atmosphere. Uh, so hundred yeah. percent music is crucial for a wedding. Crucial. Yeah. 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 So how, okay. So couples who they're looking for a DJ, they're on the search but there are a lot of DJs. So what are your recommendations for couples to choose the right one? It's a good question. Um, I, I treat it in steps, okay? And the first step is you, you have to like the person. Mm. Like you have to sense something with them. There has to be a vibe. There has to be something that you sense. Um, and then that can open up for the next conversation, you know, and the next conversation is um, how do you go about asking the DJ how they actually go about uh, working with their couples? How, how do they make sure that they play the right music at the wedding? Um, and I think when it comes to finding a DJ, um, a, a lot of couples do struggle interviewing the DJ. Um, they, they might let the DJ talk and just hear about them, but I think asking the right questions really, really helps you understand and identify whether that DJ is going to play the right music and be the right DJ for your wedding. Um, so it's first understanding that there's the energy there together. Um, you like you like who they are. You like how they present themselves. Um, you know, you're, you're liking their energy and their vibe. Then it's asking them how they are going to go about making sure that we play the right, you know, he plays the right music and, and how he's going to entertain the guests. Um, and then obviously it's understanding when they ask questions, are they questions that, you know, are, are something that sits well with them? For example, mm. like if the DJ asks you, you know, who's going to be at the wedding, how many people you're having, the demographics, 
Are there certain songs, like I said, certain songs that are must plays for your family? Um, you know, being if it's a European wedding, um, is there any cultural music or even another culture? Is there any cultural music or even cultural tra traditions you'd like us to do? Because that's possible. We can do that. Yeah. Having that open conversation, understanding the DJ is going to do whatever he can or she can to make sure that the night is going to be an absolute success. Yeah. I think that that's great advice for not only choosing a DJ, but almost any wedding supplier yeah. is, and or I think it definitely starts with that, as you mentioned, the sense. What's, what's, what's the sense also, you're getting from them? Yeah. yeah. Also a big one, a big one, and a big one for couples. Try and get the DJ on a video call. Yeah, cool. That is a main one. If, if you've shortlisted him or her, try get them on a video call. Yeah. Because when, when you do a video call with someone, um, I feel video calls are very like, it's like it's the second best to meeting someone in person. Now, we all haven't got the time and energy with lockdowns too, especially to meet people. And that's where it's kind of like you can save that time, but really, truly have this last interview process of is this the person DJ for our wedding? Mm. You know, have a video call with them. So let's just say you shortlist four or five, do video calls with all four or five, um, reiterate what you guys already spoke about, reflect on what you spoke about, and then make that decision from there. Yeah. Cool. I think that's the, that is the most important thing. Um, with, with weddings too, and it's with any other service, prices can differentiate. And you probably get that peak too. Prices mm -hmm. differentiate. A, a big mistake couples do make is having the cost as a number one factor. Um, now, we have budgets. Correct, we have budgets. But that should be the last factor to understanding what, what, what they're prepared to go with. I'll give you an example because... You may have a DJ, you may have a DJ where, you know, the budget's not there, but once you talk about stuff, something, he may introduce other offers. Hey, we can add this on, we can add this on, you're going to do this anyway, and the price will come down. Yeah. So these are little things that, you know, you don't know until you ask. So with, with a lot of couples, I've, I've seen couples in the past where they have gone with, whether it be a cheaper DJ, and they haven't had that connection, but they've done it purely because of budget. Um, and for the sake of a couple of hundred dollars, uh, we're talking about the biggest day, the biggest day of their lives where they, they want to make sure that they do it right. Um, so I, I always tell couples, you know, you got to be transparent and you also, you also got to make sure that yes, your, your budget's there, but don't let that control every little thing. Yeah. You, you yeah. need to make sure that you're having the right conversations to ensure that maybe maybe you can get a discount through hiring something else with the DJ or, or whoever else it is. Yeah. Like I'm sure, Pete, when you do um, celebrancy, um, you do offer a discount if they get you as an MC that whole night. Um, so little things like that, understanding that you're asking the right questions and ensuring that, hey, maybe we can get this guy. We really want Aaron. We really want Pete. How can we make this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I'll, look, it is true. That we've got to have budgets. Um, budgets are a big guide and they're a good guide to have. And I think it's also about understanding what's really important to you. Um, you know, look, for some people, the ceremony is not their most important part. And so yeah. I would expect that that's going to guide how much they budget towards it. Yet for others, they've been to weddings and they're like, that was awkward. And I'm like, we are making sure we get a great <laughs> celebrant that really sets an awesome tone for our yeah. day. Yeah. And, 
expectations are going to be different for every couple. And I think when it comes to music, it's going to change as well. But I think it's finding that person, finding that DJ, finding that celebrant that you connect with, whether it be photographer, connect with them, get that sense, and then let those questions and that conversation guide you from there. You know, are you happy with the questions they're asking? Do you feel comfortable? Um, you know, what are they saying to you? Are there things that you're gelling with? Or are you sort of like, oh, I just don't know. Maybe we gelled with this other person more. Um, but I think budget comes, is a good, it guides you at first. And then once you really understand what's important to you, you meet the right people, you then, I think you do a bit of adjustments here and there. And like, I, I actually have a mantra in my life. It's don't say no to a conversation, make it shorter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, if you'd say a certain budget or they want to get a price straight away, they might stop a conversation there. Yeah. And to me, it's like, you could have made it shorter. You could have asked how, how do you justify that price? We're just out of curious because we're getting different pricing. How do you justify that? You're interviewing the person, mm. put them on the spot. If they're a true business owner and a passionate business owner, they will justify that price. Yeah. You know what I mean? They will say that's an awesome question. And I, I really appreciate when someone says that, how do you justify that? Yeah. And I'll tell them yeah. how I justify it. And I think that's where, you know, don't say no to a conversation, make it shorter. Because if this is a day that you want to truly remember and, and you want to put so much energy and effort into planning it and you visualize this day of being the way you want it to be, you need to make those conversations. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah. let a price say, you know, I'm not talking to that person now. It's not in our budget. Yeah. Mm. Just make them shorter. Easy. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Just make the conversation shorter. Cool. Well, Aaron, what is your best advice for couples? My best advice for couples is communication, transparency. Yeah. Um, there's two people getting married. Yeah, there's two people. So yeah. we need to make sure that both people are happy with what is happening. Mm. Um, now, I do have couples where, you know, the guy's just, yeah, yeah, like she's doing everything. I'm just letting her do everything. Um, now that's okay. It is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But hiccups do come up if you're not communicating about what is actually happening. Mm. So you, you can say, you know, for your, your fiance to do everything, I'm fine. But then when it comes down to it and you say, yeah, but maybe we could do this, maybe we could do that, it doesn't sit well. So there has to be clear communication, whether it's a plan of the process or even giving your partner one or two things to do, at least if, if mm. you wouldn't want to plan it, give them one or two things, responsibilities, just so there's, there is some sort of both committed to, to making this day happen. The last thing you want to do is go through this stressful time of, of planning a wedding, things may be going, not going as good as you want, and your partner that hasn't really had too much involvement because maybe you didn't want them involved or whatever, just like, well, I'm not really stressed. Why are you stressed? Like it's, mm. it's that whole kind of not in it together. Um, so even if it's just a couple of jobs, make sure you distribute, make sure you guys are doing it together. Um, make sure before even talking, before even talking to service providers, um, talking about the type of weddings you've enjoyed that you've been to. You know what? I went to this wedding. I really enjoyed this. That is also how you can figure out how you what you want. Um, asking yourself, what do I want from a wedding? is kind of tricky if you're not imagining something. But if you're imagining weddings you've been to, I like this. I like that. You write it down together as a couple, clear communication. Bang. This is awesome. This is I like this too. I like this too. I don't really like this, but you like this. But I'm willing to compromise. 
That's where you can have a plan of what you want, go to your service providers, and then ask them the questions about what you want, see what they're about, and it's a team effort. And when it comes to the day, you have both put work in. Now, one, one partner maybe put more in, and that was the agreement, but that's cool. It's, it's, but you both have worked together to make this day a success. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Honest, clear, clear communication. communication. Clear communication. Do not fight. Do not fight about planning your wedding. That is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> clear communication. Talk it out. Love it. Yeah. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for telling us your story and uh, how your process with couples and how you really personalize this experience for couples and making sure that they get the best experience for their day. Now, I know you've, you've put uh, Spotify playlists together, so I will put those in the show notes and all that. Would love uh, people just be able to enjoy that, particularly for those in lockdown at the moment, able just to get the tunes on. Um, but Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure, Pete. Thank you so much for having me. And um, anyone out there who is looking for the right DJ, uh, feel free to give us a call. All my details are there, as you can see. And um, yeah, look forward to working with you very soon, Pete. Once we're out of lockdown and Come we're on. back in front of people, we're going to do this. And I have so much energy ready to get back out there. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that you do. That you do. Cool. Well, thank you, Aaron. And thank you, everyone, so much for listening and joining us. We'll put all of that DJ Entertainment's uh, information in the show notes. Definitely check out Aaron and his playlist and uh, have a chat with him. Cool. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks, have a great day. Bye.